0: Artists are pushed to become these really narrow paths, when in reality you just need to know everything as an artist. You got to be ready to be creative with everything. Someone hands you a brick. You need to learn how to you know, channel Legos and start building a crazy piece of architecture. Will it work? I don't know. Figure that out after you build the idea. But you got to start somewhere creative.
1: Hey everyone, that was Craig Blackmore. He's a talented digital artist and in this episode he goes over the importance of staying versatile and flexible in his profession as well as what his work life looks like as a digital artist. Let's get started. Welcome to the WebWork Podcast. Every week you're inspiring interviews from remote workers, freelancers, and online business owners. And I'm your host, Zach Jones. Hey Craig, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, Just for everybody, uh, what do you do and where are you from?
0: I am an artist from Detroit, Michigan. Okay, cool. Digital artist for the most part, but I do some physical stuff too.
1: Okay. And uh, digital art, is that like um, art for companies or is it like just just like actual abstract art pieces?
0: Um, Mostly abstract art pieces, but I do a lot of stuff for companies and brands too.
1: Okay, cool. And how did you end up in that? Were you always kind of passionate about art? I was.
0: I've been an artist forever. You know, one way or another, I would draw in a notebook, write, do a lot of writing, uh, a lot of comic books. I used to do a lot of comics when I was a kid, and um, that just kind of crossed over to digital once I got my first computer.
1: Okay, cool. And in digital art, um, I guess getting into that, do you use like a tablet and everything? And
0: no, actually, I. I have tablets, but I don't like to use them. I use mostly mouse and keyboard and uh, I do a lot of 3d rendering and 3d sculpting. I'm going to try using the tablet a little more eventually, but I, you know, I went to school and they taught us a lot with the tablet, but I just always felt better with the mouse. I can get really precise with
1: that. Okay, cool. And and when you were getting into digital art, were you, what, did you know that like, this is the thing I'm going to do? when I grew up, like when you were a kid, or did you have kind of other plans?
0: Yeah, I had a lot of ideas. I was inspired to do pretty much anything, but I knew an artist, just in general, such an umbrella term that you can kind of jump into digital, you can jump into sculpting, you know, whatever, I, you know, you want to learn, you could jump into it. So I always knew I wanted to be an artist, but um, the kind of art is always going to change or evolve.
1: Okay, cool. And, and um, I guess when you're looking for projects or clients or contracts, um, what are your strategies for finding new clients?
0: Uh, I like the old fashioned networking, like in person networking. Uh, Of course this year we haven't been able to do too much of that. So I've done more uh, like zoom meetings and more VR actually lately to meet a lot of people. But, um, networking works the best going to events, parties, hanging out in coffee shops, going to the right gyms, um, and just talking to the people around you. But now I've actually been finding a lot of people on like Reddit and Facebook and Instagram, just really diving into social media again. It's been a long time.
1: Yeah. Reddit's like, that's how I found you. So it's definitely a great yeah. place to, to find new people to connect with. Um, yeah, so, is. I guess, um, do you, it sounds like you're, you're a very social person and you're good at developing your relationships. Um, do you think that's a skill that you need to uh, be successful as an artist?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's a big part of it. As an artist, you are like the powerhouse. You're the factory that has all the ideas and can make them happen. So you've got to be able to sell yourself until you're able to build a, company that can sell itself with a marketing department or whatever, but, uh, but yeah, you gotta be able to network at least on a small level, like even digitally. There's some people I know who suck at conversation, but digitally they can get things done and yeah, you gotta know that.
1: Okay. And what advice would you have for somebody who is, I guess, like a completely new artist and they're trying to make money online? Uh, what, what advice would you have for them kind of finding those first connections?
0: Um, to just talk to people. If you see someone who comments or makes a post and it's interesting in any way, like even in a small way, it takes like two seconds to shoot them a message or two seconds to comment and ask them something. And that's really all it takes to start something huge. You know, If you see somebody post art that you like and you want to know a technique, try asking them and sometimes they'll talk to you. They'll tell you or at least send you in the right direction to learn about it. But um, that has, that's the main thing. A lot of people feel intimidated to open conversation with people. And it literally, it's really quick. You just click and say, bam, you know, you don't even need a huge introduction. It's so informal, which is the best thing. It's not like a business letter. Just say, hey, how do you do that, you know? And that can turn into anything.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's good advice. It sounds like just be genuine, you know? Yeah. Know? turned it into a whole business-to-business thing, turned it into, like, a people-to-people thing, so. Right. Um, I guess another question I have for you is, why did you choose art and being a digital artist over some of the more traditional professions that you see, like digital marketing or, like, web development that you see online?
0: Um, again, because art is still, it's imaginary, imagination-based and idea-based, so it's so fluid. It can be anything like I do art, but I also do marketing because I design ads. I design logos. I do commercials, all these kinds of things. So I don't have to be a digital marketing uh, professional because I am that as an artist as well. i learned that. Uh, I learned programming. I become a coder as an artist and I can learn all these different things creatively and use that you know, you no. Know, if once you know how to do something creatively, you kind of just take chances with it. You break things on purpose and rebuild them on purpose. And then professionally, it's just like, oh, OK, I just have to focus on this one little thing. Make sure it doesn't go nuts. But when you're creative with it, you know how to do things no one even thought to do with stuff. So being an artist means you can be any of that as long as it's from a creative base. Yeah. You know?
1: Okay yeah it sounds like uh, especially when it comes or, yeah like, um especially when it comes to digital art it sounds like you do need like a diversity of skill set um yeah. it sounds like you have that with programming and marketing um yeah okay i guess i guess so if you were to um recommend being in or the type of personality for a, a new digital artist it sounds like they would need to have like the ability to wear a lot of different hats
0: yeah the flexibility because For me, even at first, I was like, I only want to do what I want to do. You know, like, I only want to create things that, that I can think of out of nothing. But, you know, you can only get so far with that unless you're really lucky or you make the right connections really quickly. But you know, companies need creative minds. And that's what a lot of companies, you know, a lot of ads are really stale right now. And it's because they're booking these corporate people who don't have that creative base. And there needs to be more artists and art firms and creative houses brought into these companies to give them this weird new perspective of how to market things. And yeah, that's 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 the business that's what art is if you want to be an artist that can do anything you have to be like water
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, okay that's that's a good point it sounds like um if you want to be an artist it sounds like a lot of people might be intimidated by these people who are you know very professional and in corporate roles and it sounds like that's that should be the opposite because as an artist you should value your kind of informality for lack of a better word.
0: <laughs> right. Definitely. I mean, think about it. All these huge companies full like, of suits, people in suits, their face is not a person in a suit. Their face is, you know, cool, hip, you know, weird, fluid, strange. It's the artist. And that's why they're putting on that mask is because they know that's what, that's what people want to see. That's what people can associate the genius behind the company with is that creative cool face. Well, in reality, that's what creates the genius that these companies ex, you know, sometimes exploit or sometimes build off of is the creative cool face. And, um, and artists are pushed to become these really narrow paths when in reality, you just need to know everything. As an artist, you gotta be ready to be creative with everything. Someone hands you a brick, you need to learn how to You know, channel Legos and start building a crazy piece of architecture. Will it work? I don't know. Figure that out after you build the idea. But you got to start somewhere, creative.
1: Okay, yeah, that's that's definitely a good point. Um, Something my girlfriend's going through right now. She's in art school right now, and uh, I think she feels pressured to like always have to be creative. Um, What are some strategies that you use to kind of get your creative gears going?
0: Um, well, in in my case, personally, a lot of a lot of things that I don't even think are really creative. Other people are like, whoa, you know, like I never thought of that. And I'm just like, "Okay, you know, let's go with it. That's that's what that's the real talent of an artist is that they come from their box is not they're not in a box. They're already outside of the box. Even their box is outside of this huge box that everyone else is in. So when they have these weird thoughts that they think someone's going to be like, whoa, you're strange for thinking that about, someone else is going to be like, whoa, like I've never even thought about anything like that. And sometimes, depending on who the client is, that's, that's all you really need to do is just surface level thinking. Think about the scenario and then think about how you would creatively approach it just on a simple way. You don't have to be too creative and sometimes those simple ideas because the people you're working with are typically pretty pretty creative too everyone's a bit of an artist and if you're going back and forth with someone like a client they usually bounce ideas back off of you and if you give them kind of a push into a direction they can throw something back at you that may not necessarily be what you were thinking but it could help you like connect some other dots or realize what they're thinking better and go in their direction. Um, like with logo design, my favorite thing when I have like clients that are over 50 is they're giving me ideas of logos that are so old and outdated. So I will bring them like the most modern crazy thing in the beginning and they'll always dial it back in time a little bit from that. But, um, it's still a place, like I can, they have ideas for logos that I would just never think of. I'm like, that's so old. Nobody wants that. But then they'll come out like, no, we want that. And then I'm like, well, on the flip side, no one has that because it's so old. And we just modernize. You know, it's just like, you don't have to think too hard about things. Just kind of bounce ideas back and just come at them from your bottom level of creativity. Just your natural weirdness. That's a oh, Okay, so it sounds like,
1: sounds like your creative process is very much just start with a rough idea and iterate as much as possible versus trying to make this beautiful one thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like- Cause yeah. And it, you know, it depends. Sometimes you need to make a beautiful one thing, but most of the time you're just building blocks.
1: Good point. Good point. Um, I guess branching off a little bit off of that, um, If you had to describe the perfect personality for someone to get into digital art, what would that look like?
0: Uh, patient, patient, really patient because, um, the huge misconception with digital art is that, oh, I could paint this and it takes months or I could, you know, click some things and have it done in an hour. And it shows when you do work like that. It shows when you're just clicking things and having it done in an hour because everyone has computers now. Everyone has phones that show everything now. So you can't really, you can't cheat. You have to have patience. You got to learn how to do techniques right And a lot of times, if you want to be really good, you got to learn how to do things on different platforms because everything's changing. You know, Adobe once upon a time was what I loved using. And then they went subscription based and it got pretty expensive. And then I'm like, well, I could do the same thing with open source software or I can, you know, and that's a whole new realm. And a lot of companies, there's a misconception to that. A lot of companies only want people who can use these certain programs. But. It's not true. They want someone who can get the job done and the best that you know that they've seen or heard or whatever. So if you can bring whatever skills you've got with whatever you can learn, they'll love that. And it takes patience to realize that your software may become obsolete tomorrow and you may have to relearn everything again, or you may have to learn how to code something and not just paint with the tablet. You know, you may have to learn how to mix some audio so you don't have to hire an audio person every time you need to understand, you know, if something's right. So the main thing is patience for sure.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. And it sounds like, I mean, as cliche as this sounds, it sounds like having a growth mindset is definitely a huge thing and always being yeah. open to learning. Big time. Okay, cool. Um, I guess moving on a little bit uh, and I'm sure your schedule probably fluctuates significantly but um what does a typical kind of work day look like for you
0: um well i i'm pretty i don't like super early mornings Um, uh, still early like i get up before, before like 10 a.m around 10 a.m and i like to get I'm with you there <laughs> to bed around like 4 a.m <laughs> i love late night <laughs> so i'll do fairly early very late and um, in that time, I, I like, you know, some type of routine structure to it, but I don't like it to be too like, all right, at one, I need to be doing this. Unless it's something like, you know, a call or appointment, then it's pretty solid. But for the most part, I'll have a list of tasks that I need to get done. And the only rule is they need to get done today. <laughs> so... I'll knock them out today. And they're usually pretty things like edit a scene for a music, like a 3D, animate a scene for a music video. You know, it's a lot of a lot of hours of work. But um, that way I can fit things in. Like I like to go to the gym. I need to get groceries, things like that. I don't need to m- really move a schedule around too much for that. I just do it. And then I just know what I got to get done throughout the day in between getting my errands done. So for the most part, it's wake up go to the gym, grab a bite to eat and just start working on things. Sometimes I need to take a break, go outside, you know, uh, go take a walk, but it's very flexible. Okay. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It definitely does have flexible. That's what I was going to say. Um, and branching off a little bit off of that, um, what does your work life balance look like as a digital artist?
0: Um, it's pretty much the same thing i'm always working cuz uh
1: but always working
0: doesn't necessarily mean i'm always in front of a computer doing something i'm always like when i'm driving i'm looking at billboards and you know 10 years ago they were just billboards now i'm like huh, is this a good location to have a billboard to show you know like should i buy a billboard you know is only a This amount of money? Is this gonna bring me more clients? I'm looking at everything, trying to analyze like, okay, this business has a sign like that. So if I open a storefront, do I want a sign like this? Where did they go to get it? How much does it cost to rent this place? You know, so I'm always doing these things, always taking notes, sending emails, all these different things. Even when I'm out having lunch, I'm looking at menu layouts, like, okay, this is very crappy menu. Maybe they need a new one. Maybe I should ask him about that. And that's that's the balance of it. it it's not a strain, though. It, it doesn't feel bad. I never have to slap myself and be like, stop. It's fun. I enjoy this. So I'm always working. Um, So my life can blend into it. And then, like, my girlfriend is an artist, too, a different kind of artist. But we both have, like, a jewelry business. We make jewelry. Um, But because we're both artists, you know, our flexibles are very, very fluid and we see each other all the time. And it's good. Yeah. I love it. Travel. You know, I'm looking for I'm trying to move, looking for new locations, new galleries, new people to meet. So it's a part of the business. Got to travel.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. It sounds like you're you're kind of always constantly problem solving, but it doesn't sound stressful, you know, where it's like yeah. you're forced to do that. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and you talked a little bit more, or you talked a little bit earlier about, um, some of the work specifically you were doing it sounds like you did VR stuff. Um, and I'm just a little curious about that. What does that look like? And like, what kind of work do you typically do with virtual reality?
0: Well, virtual reality is something, uh, pretty new that I'm getting into on a full experience level. I first started doing, um, 3d animation and 3d like environments rendering in like 360 videos or 360 images that you could just look all around and now lately i just got into it with burning man this year they were all virtual so i got with the camp id8 camp and uh i helped them develop their environment for you know they're part of burning man this year and I learned a lot because I've always wanted to get into video game design and create my own video games. And it's very similar to doing that. It's pretty much the same thing, except it's a different kind of controller. You know, you wearing a headset versus using a controller. And, um, it's, it's very fun. It's just great to create this thing and then walk inside of it, <laughs> you know, like I'm here now. Yeah. And I, once I got on that project and did VR for the first time for real, I you know bought an Oculus and um, <laughs> zoned. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna create this and have this linked to that. And then I also, what also got me into VR is cryptocurrency, like Ethereum. A lot of Ethereum based things, like Crypto Voxel, is accessible through VR, and um, and that's just great because that brings monetization and VR together, and then. You know, this unfortunate virus incident is bringing the need for VR into the picture, too. So I that's enough for me to be like, all right, I need to focus on this for a while and uh, try to establish something in this virtual world, because real life, real estate's very expensive. And some VR real estate's actually very expensive, too. (laughs) But you can do a lot there for free, which is the best part, you know. There's always free options on the internet.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. It sounds like um, this pandemic, I mean, as bad as this pandemic is, it is bringing to light some of the possibilities with VR. And I've never heard of crypto having, uh, exper- or kind of working with VR. That's kind of interesting. I've never heard of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, NFTs are a type of a token that you can mint on Ethereum that you can sell as artwork or sculptures or whatever and there's games in crypto on the ethereum blockchain that are like the sims almost where people are building spaces and buying these artist made artworks to display them in (laughs) and when i saw that i was like what like i can sell this now yeah
1: that's awesome um moving on a little bit um i guess going back at what moment did you know that art in general or digital art was the right profession for you?
0: Um, I've always liked computers. I've always been a techie type person. You know, like when I first, the first type of code I learned to do was HTML basic stuff. But the idea of just sitting in a notepad and typing a bunch of stuff and then rendering it into a thing, just blew my mind. So I'm drawing and I'm like, I can draw, but my lines aren't perfect. My characters don't look like mint, And I don't really like just drawing all the time. I like being on the computer too. And uh, so I started drawing on the computer and drawing in frames to like do little janky animations. And in Photoshop, I started manipulating images into characters and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I could do so much with this thing. I still like to draw and everything, but for the most part, you could do anything on a computer. I was like, okay, I want to learn how to do that. I just get the software and learn how to do it. And now I'm working in 3D. Now I'm doing glitch. Now I'm doing that. So after I learned that you could pretty much download a new level of knowledge to go down, I'm like, this is, this is where I'm going to focus right now because it's endless. You know? The notebook is great. I keep mm-hmm. them close, but the computer is build a universe real quick.
1: Okay, so basically, as soon as you got on computers, you were like, I'm hooked. I want to do this for the rest of my life. Exactly. That's awesome. Um, And and, then this is a bit of a deep question, um, but it might be a little bit of a curveball for you, and there's no wrong answer here, but how much of, when it comes to finding and loving your career, how much of it is just finding the right thing to do? versus how much of it is just setting expectations that work is work?
0: Um, I would say that it would be about 70% finding the right thing and then uh, 30% setting the expectations. It's both for sure. But um, you need to make sure it's the right thing. Because one of my biggest fears that I never want is to get old and look back and be like, Dang, I would have did the last forty years different. Like that's a long time. There's people who's been at the same job for like forty years and they don't like it. They didn't like it then and they don't like it now. I'm like that's crazy. You could have did anything else. So you can at least find the thing that's right and then make sure it hits the needs that you have, the expectations that you have, because um, you know sometimes it's better to take less pay on a project that's more fulfilling. Than it is to give so much time to a project that's just going to drain you and make you want to quit everything you do after. But you're paid nice because, you know, the pay is going to go away. So I think you really want to make sure you're somewhere right and then set the expectations. If you want to paint by hand for a living, then murals are the biggest thing out right now everyone wants a mural so you better start selling them so you can meet those financial expectations you know there's got to sell a product and because of the internet because of things everyone being able to see everything fandoms are lasting longer and there's always a market to sell things and if you find that perfect corner make that product and sell it
1: That's a good point. I definitely agree with you on that I think there's it's a majority of finding what just trying things and finding what you want to do. And then there is some expectation setting where you have to think like, I'm not going to be able to do what I love 100% of the time. It's more like I want to get as close to that as possible, but I still need to make money.
0: Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay. And, um, this is a remote work podcast and all the people I have interviewed, um, do work remotely or from home or coffee shops, or I guess not right now, especially considering the pandemic. Um, yeah. what strategies do you use to stay productive and kind of eliminate distractions in your daily life?
0: Um, well, my work surrounds me is one thing. It's just kind of everywhere. Like, um, I work from a laptop. I have like a, a custom gaming laptop. So it's really powerful. And I've always liked the idea of being able to just take my computer everywhere. So I haven't gotten like a super giant computer yet because I'm ready to move. Like I want to move somewhere else soon. And then I don't know how long I'm going to be there. I want to move somewhere else. So I like staying mobile and I like staying remote. And, um, and that's part, that's one of the, because and also too, for me personally, I like doing this. I like creating and I don't like being bored. Boredom is a bad thing. No one should be bored. And that's probably (laughs) a sign that you should be working if you're bored. Um, But if if you like what you do and you have the ability to take your computer somewhere else, like, okay, these walls are sucking. I need to go to a park. That's very important. Just make sure you have the ability to throw your work in a bag. Think like college. You throw your stuff in a bag and go to another location and get work done. That's remote work for the most part. I feel like it's still like school, you know? You just got to stay mobile with everything. Um, and to stay busy, you just, that's discipline. You know, you just got to get used to that. It's When you don't have a manager on your back, you will slack off. You will be like, yeah, I don't want to do that today. It's going to happen. But you just got to make sure that you meet your deadlines. You Make sure your clients stay happy. You make sure you actually get ideas done or else you're going to, you know, have a hard time
1: making it work okay so having some sort of deadline is definitely crucial i mean i yeah. i definitely recognize that as well um it also sounds like changing your environment that's something i also do pretty frequently uh, unfortunately i haven't been able to do it because of the pandemic you know you can't go out to coffee shops or co-working spaces um but yeah that's that's a good point i i, I definitely tried it even if it's going downstairs and like hanging out in the kitchen to do some work, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, we're almost out of time here, but I have a one more question for you, Craig. And, okay. and I know you're a very passionate artist, but if you could not do digital art or any art in general for the rest of your life, uh, what profession would you be doing right now?
0: Um, honestly, real estate. <laughs> I would go into sales. I'm, I love business. I say business is my favorite sport. So if I were not like, if I just was like, okay, no more creative stuff. It's time to start playing with numbers. It's time to start playing with things. I would dive right into real estate. I would dive into investments. I would just go into that and just have fun with it. But it would still be from a creative point. I would not become one of the, you know, suits and grumpy old guys. It's, <laughs> it's going to be different. That's why I'm also not afraid to do that because I'm not going to have to like shave myself into a certain thing. I'm, you know, I'm going to have the most outlandish ideas and it's, it might work. It might not, but it's going to come from a creative base.
1: Okay, cool. Real estate. That's, I mean, I feel like that is art in some capacity. So that's, that's awesome. It is. It is. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on, Craig, where can people learn more about you?
0: Uh, My website is cblackmore.com. That's letter C and in Blackmore, that's two O's. Uh, And that's got everything. I put everything on there. I have links to all my social medias and everything there. Uh, On Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I'm at Sir Blackmore, S-I-R Blackmore.
1: Okay, cool. I'll be sure to link those down in the description. Well, thank you, Craig. Hope you have a great day. See you. you later. All right. A big thanks to Craig Blackmore for coming on the show, and if you'd like to learn more about him, you can find him over at cblackmore.com. That's the letter C, Blackmore, with two O's, dot com. See you all next week.